This is the stinking truth. Well, we're gonna we're gonna be diving into this matchup throughout the course of the week, but I don't know. Maybe it's not even worth playing the game. Once I stumbled across this statistic, so check this out. There will be a waxing crescent moon in the sky over Vegas. Okay. On the day of the Super the waxing Bowl, waxing is okay. So waning is like if it's a full moon, right? And it wanes down to a crescent. It's going away. But if it's a waxing moon, that means it's gone to as small as it is, and now it's gaining back is the waxing. Is that right? I have no idea. If we have any – that's correct. That we're in the thumbs up. Matt's okay. giving me the thumbs up. All, All right. right. I, I, I didn't know if we are going to have to reach out to any lunar. 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 NASA. 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 Come in, NASA. Any lunar experts watching the podcast that would need right. to – but apparently, okay, so there will be a waxing crescent moon – in the sky on the day of the Super Bowl, Kansas City is 19-1 and one in the last five years when playing under this phase of the moon. So, you're done, San Francisco. You're done. Does San Francisco have any moon lunar activity counters to that? How do you, how do you, how do you combat the moon? I don't know. I don't know. It affects the tides. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. So anyway, we'll get into the matchup here as we uh, as we move along. But uh, as we as we sit here on a a Monday, we're we're uh-huh. we're doing this. As we sit here on a Monday, just kind of your overall first impressions of this of this matchup and and who you like and why. Well, I mean, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I mean, I, I feel like. Kansas City is the last two weeks in the playoffs. They've played probably the best football they've played collectively as a team over the last two weeks. And and I would also say that in the last two weeks, San Francisco has collectively played the worst they've played. Um, and so – like right off the bat, as much as I like San Francisco as a football team, defensively, like their D line has dominated over the, over the course of the season. Their D, I think their D line has been non-existent through two playoff games. I thought they've been manhandled in both playoff games. I thought the opponents have captured the edge in the run game in in both playoff games. And I think there are some serious issues in their back end with injuries. You know, they've lost a few guys. They've got a few guys that. Um, that I think are liability, liability and coverage, especially if you get into zebra or, or three wides situations. So, you know, Kansas City and Andy Reid will see that and obviously attack that. So, there's there's some there's some fear for me because you know I'm one I live in Denver, so I can't root for Kansas City. And two, you know Kyle Shanahan I've known since he was 14. Yep. So I've got to be a 49er fan, mm-hmm. but. If you just asked me my initial, who do you think is going to win? Like, literally the first, who I think is going to win? I think Kansas City is going to win. I will give you, yeah, as we move on through the week, I'll right. give you a million different reasons why San Francisco will win this game. But ultimately, um, there's going to be, there's going to have to be a lot of things that align for San Francisco. And, and they've been, they've been the best team. Like they've been the best team all season long, but they have not played great football. I, I will say this though, Brock Purdy, a guy that you know people have talked about as being a system quarterback and all that kind of stuff. 
the last two weeks, he has loaded that team on his shoulders through not only through the air but with his ability to scramble, and and willed them to two to two wins in the playoffs. Do I think he can do that again against Kansas City? Like, if you're San Francisco, you don't want to find out. Mm-hmm. Like, you want your stuff to work. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Well, even though it's Super Bowl week, the uh, business of the NFL marches on. There's there's still news and stuff happening. And interesting, Cliff Kingsbury mm-hmm. looked like he was ticketed for Vegas for their offensive coordinator position. Last minute, things change. He pulls out of that deal, ends up going to Washington. He's now the OC of the Commanders. Right. He was with Southern Cal last year, USC, immediately starting to create speculation that this is uh, some uh, a package deal with Cliff Kingsbury and Caleb Williams. Caleb from USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was working at USC. Caleb Williams is from the D.C. area. Is this one of those things where Caleb Williams is going to tell Chicago, don't draft me? Right. I'm not. He's going to pull an Eli Manning or a – John Elway, yeah. don't draft me. I, I, was I say, want to play for Washington. Yeah, I was going to say there's precedent to this, yeah, right? Yeah, there is. Well, does he have anywhere else to go? He's already declared for the draft. Uh, no, he's got nowhere else to go. He's got nowhere else. To, but but Eli didn't have anywhere else to go either, right? Right. You don't want to malcontent. I mean, I guess you, you can. Right, you could still draft. Them. You could force them, but ultimately, do you want to do that? I think you have to ask yourself a couple questions in Chicago's place. One is, how committed are you to Justin Fields? And and I would tell you, having done several Chicago games, um, no inside information here, just my being around that team. What my gut says is that team's moving on and, and drafting a quarterback, and Caleb is their guy. So that would be my general consensus. Now, with that said... If Washington is going to offer you a king's ransom to move from, you know, two to one, two to one yeah. like you think about the number of draft picks and the number of cap space you're going to be able to create, and if your evaluation says, for instance, um, Drake May is, in our estimation, every bit the drop back guy that Caleb Williams is then sure, we'll make that trade. Or it could end up being the Justin Fields stays in Chicago lifeline that maybe some Bears fans would like to see. If Caleb Williams is determined to play for D.C., then you trade with Washington, you accumulate more, all with the idea of building more around Justin Fields. I think the thing, there's a couple of factors for for Justin Fields that that I think you have to think about as, as... an organization one I think you have to think all right is his style of football sustainable has he gotten better throwing the ball absolutely um his maturity like just talking to him this season I've really I've really kind of grown into a Justin Fields fan that said is do I think that that guy is ready to operate in a drop back system no what makes him good what makes him good is his athleticism and his ability to run the ball and what it does for his passing game and opening up and getting the one-on-ones, you know, throw deep down. He he told me point blank, I think the best part of my game is the deep ball. Well, you know, I get that you got to get one-on-ones to do that. So how do you do that? Well, you got to run the football and you got to be in 
you know, heavier formations and you got to threaten the edge with and, and capture the perimeter of a defense with your quarterback and all those things to get those looks mm -hmm. that you want that you throw well. Um, but do I think he's a drop-back guy? Listen, whether it's defensive coordinators facing the Chicago Bears or defensive coordinators facing Lamar Jackson, they'll both tell you the same thing. What we want to do is make that guy be a pocket passer because we think we can have, we think we can affect the game. We think we can turn him over. We think we can have more success if we make him try to beat us out of the pocket. So, so ultimately, they say if we can take away the run game, like we don't think that guy is skilled enough to beat us in that scenario. Mm -hmm. And so, the other thing you have to say is, are you willing to commit one hundred and fifty million dollars to to a quarterback that you don't know is sustainable in that style of offense? And, you know, I look at those factors. Those are real factors. And I look at those and think, well, if I'm the general manager, what do I do? Well, would I move on? Probably. Because I don't think I don't think you win world championships. I don't think you can sustain as a world championship team operating your quarterback from that from that style. Until hey, until it happens and it happens consistently. Yep. I'm not talking about an outlier. Right. It's never happened. It's never happened. So I'm just saying I don't want to be the the I mean I'd like to be the outlier, but I don't I don't want to count on being the outlier. Not right? looking to be the trailblazer. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I I just, I want to know I want right. to know what's tried and true. Right. Well, if if you listen to Jim Harbaugh, we shouldn't be talking about Caleb Williams or Drake May or yeah. Jaden Daniels or any of these quarterbacks when it comes to drafting because the best one, according to Jim Harbaugh, is J.J. McCarthy. Right. He went on with Colin Cowherd and said, in my opinion, when it's all said and done and all the teams who are looking at quarterbacks have a chance to meet with and get a chance to really dive into J.J. McCarthy, that he'll be the first quarterback that comes off the board. Mm -hmm. So is this just simply a case of Jim Harbaugh just looking out for and pumping up the guy that was such an integral part of him winning at Michigan? Or should we maybe look at J.J. McCarthy a little bit different than we were before? Uh, I think that, I think that one, you would have to, you would have to take, like Jim has had success with every quarterback that's, that's played for him. And, you know, I, I did an event with Jim right as he signed to be the San Francisco 49ers head coach. And so I said, well, what are you going to do at quarterback? And Jim's like, well, oh, I got my quarterback. Alex Smith is freaking phenomenal. And, you know, I'm, I'm like roll my eyes because at that time they were ready to kick him to the curb. Yeah. And he goes, you know, the only thing that, that Alex Smith hasn't had is somebody who believes in him. I believe in him. I, I broke down the film. This guy can be great. He could be great. And – you know, I kind of roll my eyes and go, okay, what, you know, I mean, that's coach speak, whatever. But sure enough, man, he got a hold of Alex Smith, and Alex Smith, the, the trajectory of his career changed. And so I would say that, like, if I was, if I was, you know, a scout or a general manager or whatever, it would definitely pique my interest, and it would require me to go back and reevaluate and relook at everything that, that I looked at. One of the things he said, I can't remember the exact phraseology, was about his um, his oh repeating re repetitive. Uh, you wrote it down in your handy dandy notebook. No, I didn't bring my handy oh, okay. notebook with we'll me. We'll do that on the next podcast. But it was it, it was about his like his almost Brady like obsession with repeating the mundane. repetition. Yeah, something with re repetition. Well, it was about it is about his ability to 
do the boring stuff over right. and over right. and over again with uh with this enthusiastic like repetition whatever it was whatever the words were but you get the you get the point is it's it's like when i was talking to um i was talking to bruce arians and um and byron leftwich about tom brady and they they both said the same thing about tom brady his unrelenting just unrelenting ability to never deviate from where the play is supposed to go so if the first read in the progression is a five yard flat and it's open he's Brady both of them said Brady will throw it a hundred of a hundred times and he will never deviate from that where a lot of quarterbacks will turn it down and say well let me see what the you know if it's a curl flat combo said let me look what the curls do it and all of a sudden the curls covered so you try to get back to the flat and guess what by the time you get back to the flat, the guy's out of bounds. Or you can't complete it anymore. And so he's got this, this unbelievable ability to take the boring and embrace it. And so I would want to go back and look at J.J. McCarthy and go, let me see what I see. Maybe I didn't evaluate him correctly. Um, you know, with and also understanding the subterfuge that is part of yep. the NFL draft and all that stuff. And say, okay, is this real or is this just somebody that's you know blowing smoke? Well, if if he believes that strongly, you know maybe trade Justin Herbert and get a king's ransom in return for him, and go get JJ McCarthy. If you love him that much, why don't you marry him? <laughs> I know, childhood. <laughs> if you love him that much, why don't you marry him? You know that kind of thing. But yeah, put a ring on it. Put a ring on yeah, it. Yeah, do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think he. I, I think he loves him. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, like you love your cousin. Uh-huh. But but you don't marry your cousin unless you're in certain parts. Of the okay. Co- you okay. might want to stop right there. <laughs> okay. You know who you are. Okay. You know who you All right. are. We're not. Right. We're not. We're not in the jacuzzi with the thermometer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We got a different, a different audience. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. <laughs>